Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, uh, so give this a think. It's like uh, day one, um, the day you were born, perhaps. But I'm not... I'm not talking about flesh and bones birth. I want you to perhaps daydream the notion of a soul being born. The moment before there wasn't this new soul and fump, here's a brand spanking new soul. Perhaps the soul goes and looks in the mirror and goes, good God, I need some sunglasses. It's like... I think at our core, we're, we're light. I've shared my personal experience with that. Um, but a brand new soul, a brand new soul. I've thought about this for a while. So we have the, the idea of a hero or a savior or a, um, perhaps a magician or an alchemist or a mystic. The, the persona that has power, poofs that, you know, like uh, um, the, the Jesus narrative that says he walks on water, he, he raises the dead, he creates food out of thin air. I mean, that's, that's raw power. But a brand new soul, the, the thing I find most curious about it is I my hunch is that that brand new soul has that power potential because it's right out of source consciousness, right out of, if you want to call it God consciousness. And, and yet, yet it has Zippo experience being a human being, none, zilch. It doesn't even know what it would want if it were to be a human being, perhaps. So a brand new soul without any karmic imprinting yet, without any loading up of the psyche, without any uh, descent into the shadow, into the darkness, so to speak, without any of that established yet, there's no human experience. And then at the soul level, the soul chooses to go into the duality of form, chooses to incarnate into physical form. And then through so many incarnations, chooses to load up the psyche over and over with incarnations. Fast forward that across vast spans of time and you have souls that are totally going through very challenging situations, uh, a war vet with intense PTSD issues or homeless or um, the victim or the, I mean, just look at the history of planet Earth. It, 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 and now the soul has experience. The soul has some skin in the game, pardon the pun, through the physical persona. And then, and then the journey back home. 
with that loaded up psyche, with that loaded up persona, the, the forgetfulness of source consciousness for so many of us on this planet, when we're born into a family dynamic that doesn't acknowledge our divinity, I mean, direct and personal divinity, and we've forgotten our power, we've forgotten our our inherent divine potentials, and we can go, I mean, our, it's like our wand doesn't work. Smack, smack, nothing happens. Zap, zap, nothing happens. Change the batteries, you know. And nothing happens. So, I mean, the, the theme of the show has been uh, the power of the the human persona, the or the power of the soul incarnate into a human persona. I just find it really curious the, that the soul starts out with power, but no desire, no experience. When I say no desire, I mean certainly there's desire to go in a physical form but do, do you reckon you your this human persona that you are now desires things for your life now what do you want to happen in your life what are the top 3 things you would like to see change in your life and if you were to jot them down on a piece of paper and then go back in time and show it to a brand new soul, they're like, what the crud does that have to do with anything? I mean, uh, the perspective that we have is a reflection of how far into the journey we've gone, so to speak. Anywho, I just thought I'd toss that out there. Um, I think we're going to have a great show tonight. The topic is... Find Your Twin Flame, and our guest tonight is Leslie Sampson. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But the topic tonight as as the notion of a twin flame has that soul element to it, has the, the, the soul perspective, if you will. I think we should just get right to it. Again, the topic is your find your twin flame. It's the name of uh, Leslie Sampson, our guest tonight. Her latest book, Understand and Connect with Your Soul's Other Half. Leslie writes, more than a soulmate, your twin flame is the only soul that has the same spiritual DNA as yours, the piece that is crucial to your soul's evolution. Leslie helps you not only identify your twin flame, but also develop a loving partnership that is deeper than any other. While you can have many soulmates, only one can be your twin flame. This book walks you through the history of twin flames and the various methods for finding your divine partner, including numerology, astrology, divination, and Akashic records. Through inspiring stories from her clients and personal life, Leslie shows you how to meet your twin flame and let your relationship thrive. Join me in welcoming Leslie to the show. Leslie, welcome to the show tonight. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So you wrote a book, Find Your Twin Flame. How did that topic come come into your consciousness and then evolve all the way into a book? Well, um, it actually started with kind of a terrible thing that happened to me. Um, I was sexually assaulted by a friend um, that I had known for a long time. And that kind of sent me down a really deep rabbit hole to the point where I actually um, thrived on being, working on being invisible. I didn't, I didn't care about anything. I didn't want to do anything or be anything or go anywhere. And I remember very distinctly one night I actually prayed for my life to be over. Not that I wanted to die physically, but I just wanted what I was living to be over. And not too long after that, um, I've always been a medium in my entire life. And not too long after that, I encountered a soul, or rather a soul encountered me. Um, he literally busted through all of my barriers and all of my, you know, just everything and uh, introduced himself and really put me on a trajectory to where I discovered um, not only how to sort of work on my mediumship and learn through other classes and go out and meet people who are like-minded as well, but also inspired me to learn about my angelic guidance that's on my spiritual team. And from my angelic guidance, I learned about the concept of twin flames. And my response was, what? <laughs> Actually, my response was profanity-filled. <laughs> it was, uh, I'll tell you if you want to know, it was, uh, uh, what is that and what the fuck does it have to do with me? <laughs> it was basically right. my response. Sure. And I... I, I, you know, and they told me, and you know them, you know the, your twin flame already. It turns out it was the the God, the spirit from the other side who totally crashed on my boundaries, and by doing so, really did put an end to the depression and the lifelessness that I was existing in, and really helped inspire me to live differently and learn about my gifts and, you know, meet new people and just put myself out there instead of being invisible. And when I found that out, I was like, okay, yeah, right, whatever. (laughs) Whatever, get away from me. I don't believe you. I don't even believe I'm actually talking to you, you know. So I had a lot of trust issues, obviously. But I said, okay, fine. If this is for real, prove it to me. So I have a really, really wonderful, beautiful, spiritual team full of wonderful souls who have a magnificent senses of humor. And so they said, oh, okay, we're going to prove it to you. So every conversation, every class I took, every reading I received from other people, every single thing that I did, there was a mention of twin flames or my specific twin flame or I received a message from my twin flame. And it just it just came to be where I couldn't let it go. I, I was like, okay, fine. I, I hear you now. And so I started to, every class that I took, I started to use the methods that I learned in class, like, for example, the Akashic Records, 
when I learned about them and how to work with them and in them, I used that to learn more about Twin Flames, my Twin Flames, the concept in general. And so I was able to actually sort of translate all of that that I learned and all of my personal experiences into the book. And that's really the long-winded version of answering your question, but that's exactly the, the story of how it happened. So just to make sure I understand it right, this this um, guy that crashed through your your barriers, as you said, he is your twin flame? Yes, he is. And so, he he not only is my twin flame, he was the he was the answer to the, the the request, the prayer that I sent up. He was the one that came in and completely turned my life upside down, inside out, and backwards. Well, now when you talk about your the barriers that he crashed through, the uh, mm-hmm. um, how would you? I mean, give us some context about what you mean by those barriers. Mm-hmm. Well, I, as I said, I've been in medium since birth, practically. My first memories are of spirit communication with, like, people that I didn't even know, but, you know, grandparents that had passed long before I was even born. And in my home life, that was discouraged. Uh, Even the mention of it um, was um, disallowed. It was evil, it was bad, it was horrible. So I learned from a very young age to suppress that. So even though I was still having these experiences, I wouldn't speak about them. And when I was about 15 years old, (coughs) excuse me, I had a friend who passed away. And one of the last things that she said to me was, don't worry, I'll come back and visit you. And I didn't want, I, I, it was kind of like, I don't want you to visit me as a ghost. I want you to visit me here, you know, and, and that really, I, from that moment, I decided I didn't want to have these experiences anymore while I was awake, while I was um, functioning on a conscious level. So I restricted all of the communication. My, my, I put up walls and boundaries, and I restricted it all to when I was sleeping, and not only when I was sleeping, but I either had to have known you before you passed away or I had to have been related to you in some way. Uh, anybody else could not come visit me uh, because sure. I wanted to shut out that pain. And so that's what I mean. And those boundaries lasted from when I was right around 15 all the way through to my early 30s until okay, they were so- crashed and busted open by my twin flame and and so that uh reawoken your your psychic ability or mediumship uh, is that yeah right? and brought it back to yeah yeah and it brought it back to the conscious level instead of just having the experiences while i was asleep now i was going back to when i was younger and having them you know even you know, wide awake, even as I'm walking down the street. Now I can see energy that I probably passed this energy 50 times, but all of a sudden now because I'm reawoken, I can see different layers of energy that happened on a certain particular spot on the sidewalk, for example. 
it's insane. <laughs> so I'm starting to right. go, to become attuned to all of it again. And it was a very, and that's why I say that it was very inside out and upside down and topsy-turvy because cracking those barriers reopened the doors that I had pretty much cemented shut and shut off all of the energy that I was had experienced when I was little. And now it was coming back in full force. And you know, it happens when you dam up things and then the, you know, there's a tiny crack <laughs> and right. then all of a sudden here comes that water, you know? So it was pretty intense. Well, that's curious because um, it, I wouldn't, in my own life, I had an experience I consider very profound. Um, it's not in the twin flame category, but this, um, <clears throat> I had a boss for a decade that would just belittle me and push my buttons. And and I, was, I didn't have a spiritual mindset at all. I was a TV engineer and a father and a husband and blah, blah, blah. And I'm clipping through life and... For a decade, this man just, um, every single day I go into work, he'd push my buttons and, you know, metaphorically tug my hair and metaphorically <laughs> slap me upside the head. And and um, he, he put me on a shrink's couch and fast forward, that's where I had the cosmic two by four crack me open. And so in hindsight... I mean, while I, w um, while I was actually going through it, I'd call him a real um, prick. I mean, he uh, just a yeah. a-hole. And um, in hindsight, I could see that he and I had a very, um, very important soul contract that he would come and crack me open. And so in hindsight, I see him as an angel, as a gift. And and mm -hmm. the the reason I bring that up is so your twin flame comes in and, and breaks down your barriers that you put up in this lifetime. Do you think that you and your twin flame knew that was going to happen and and that when he came into your life, the barriers would be there for him to crack open for you, so to speak? Well, at the time, no, I did not. But as you said, in hindsight and after going through and going back and really taking a really hard look at it, well, especially when I was writing uh, the book, I really think so. I really think that if maybe we didn't bring that knowledge with us into our existences, but I honestly think that it's there in our in our soul blueprint because I truly think that you know, if the situation was reversed and he was still on earth and I was on the other side, I truly think that the same thing would have happened. I think that it had to happen because we were at a point in our learning of lessons together where we had to come together in order for the soul evolution, you know, for our souls to continue to grow. And right. I really think, I, I really think it was, I, I hate to use the word, but I really think it was predestined. I really think we planned it out before we both incarnated. I really do. Well, you might have agreed as a, like a safety safety net for each other because when you were 15, perhaps you wouldn't put up those blocks and you wouldn't oh. need that crack open. You, you know, I mean, it, yeah. I, it's, it almost seems like um, 
sometimes we make agreements with people as like a checksum. So, um, oh, yeah. has he passed over now? Is he not in physical form? He is not. No, he's been on the other side for, oh gosh, pretty close to 30 years now. He's been over there quite a oh, while. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> from, from, from your languaging then, um, your ability to meet, meet your twin flame in physical form is, is no longer possible since he's passed over. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, but I did find out from a couple of mutual friends that we happened to be at the same place at the same time a couple of times, but we never actually crossed paths. So that was kind of heart, you know disheartening when I found that out. But the, no, in the physical form, no. But I'd rather have him in the physical form, i got to tell you. Sure. <laughs> it's, it would be so much easier just to pick up the phone and text him or call him or something, you know. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's been over there for quite a while. Well, then, um, um, with him um, having transitioned to the other side then, um, what kind of soul relationships um, is it more of a soul contract for a soulmate? In in other words, for you to enter another relationship with a with a man uh, in physical form, uh, what kind of context can the can your soul and their soul have in um, from your perspective? Well, uh, firstly, just because. My twin flame is on the other side does not mean I can't be in another relationship. The point of the twin flame relationship is not a love, like it's not my one true love. The point of the twin flame relationship is soul evolution. Um, I'm not saying that romance can't happen between twin flames because it can, but I'm just saying it's not the point. So in my particular case, I have asked, I call my twin flame Chico, that's his nickname, um, okay. I asked him, hey, hey, can can you send me a soulmate? You know, someone, a soulmate is some another soul that's compatible with our souls, that rotates in our happy little soul universe that uh, could, you know, be a partner, be a companion in this lifetime, since obviously uh, he and I did not, you know, see any kind of relationship in this existence uh, other than, you know, being separated by, you know, he's on the other side, so we're separated by the veil. But, um, and so I just asked him, hey, can we do that? Can you, can we have a soulmate, you know, and send me a soulmate that doesn't think I'm crazy. <laughs> Probably somebody that knew you. So that, right. that would make it a lot easier, you know, so I could explain, oh, by the way, if you hear me talking to Chico, don't worry about it. Don't worry right. about it. I'm not crazy. You know, um, but... So, and it's happened that way in a lot of other relationships, and I actually do talk about it in the book, where, you know, the twins are separated by a plane, uh, um, and, you know, one is on the other side, or one was here on Earth and then transitioned. Um, So it doesn't mean that there's no possibility of a relationship, even if you aren't a medium. It just means you've got to work a little harder. Um, But... Having a relationship here on Earth to me doesn't 
it's almost like apples and oranges because I trust that the person whom I'm going to be with is in my soul-universe, has, you know, has been in some way assisted by my twin flame to, to, to be with me. That is what I feel. There are some people who just, oh, my twin flame's on the other side. I don't want another relationship. And that's how they evolve. Um, I just happen to believe for myself, eventually that person will come. I just haven't found him yet. <laughs> well, sure. Well, now, um, a lot of people might think find your twin flame. They might automatically have the connotation of, well, my twin flame is going to be my um, intimate relationship with my beloved, my, you know, mm-hmm. soul connection relationship. And and what you're talking about is the twin flame being the master teacher, so to speak. And and you're not excluding that that intimate relationship can't be between uh, twin flames. But oftentimes the twin flame's role is not based on a intimate personal relationship at all. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you could actually think about that intimate personal relationship a couple of different ways. Yeah, we're thinking about it as a loving, uh, physical, sexual relationship. We're thinking about that. But we also think about it as the fact that you are literally encountering, no matter if they're here on earth or on the other side, you're literally encountering the only other soul in all of existence that matches yours with the soul blueprint and the spiritual DNA. There's no other soul that is exactly the same. And it's important to remember that that relationship, that's probably one of the closest things you can get because we're talking about on a soul level. It goes beyond, you know, you know, in the, you know, relationships where you, ha- you include your heart and your mind. Um, it goes beyond that because it exists on a soul level. It exists, it, it comes from divinity. And I, that's why I say that you can still have a sort of intimate, very close, very personal relationship with your twin flame. And it doesn't have to involve romance or even love or sex. It's a bonus if it does. I'm not going to lie. It's a bonus. But it doesn't have to go that way. It's not the sole huh. purpose. The sole purpose is soul evolution. Huh, curious. Well, the um so the tyrant in your life right now, the the person that, that is uh the biggest thorn in your side so to speak, perhaps it's the boss mm-hmm. at work or whatever, that could very well be your twin flame is that what you're getting at? Well, I mean, it, I mean well, to, could, to, to be but... to be to be the one to break down the barriers. I, I mean, because I'm assuming when you went through the your barriers being broken down, um, I'm assuming that um, he came in and and crashed the party, so to speak, um, to yes. to break break down your barriers. Would, would right, you say that? and that is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well that you, is how it happened to me. Right. That that doesn't mean that it happens that way to everyone. Sure. But but, but, but generally what, the general rule is 
I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fine. What I'm getting at is, um, so if I'm a listener to the show and I'm thinking, boy, I really want to meet my twin flame, what you're saying is it might not always be a, a bouquet of roses. It can actually be a, a, something with struggle or, or um, from your ego's perspective, difficulty. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That is correct. Absolutely. Because, well, I mean, you are exactly the same on the soul level. You are trying to achieve the same goals. You might not achieve them in the same way, but whenever the two twin flames come together, there has to be soul growth. And sometimes that means roller coaster, up and down, back and forth. Uh, you know, and it can actually equate to someone, one of the, one of them busting your boundaries or being a complete asshole or, uh, you know, pushing your buttons because eventually those buttons will go away the more that you work on the self because it, it, it you can't help it. You can't encounter your twin flame and not do some kind of work on the self and in and, and growth because that's the purpose. But I always say when people ask me what's the surefire way to look, or, you know, look for your twin flame, find your twin flame, I always say check the people around you. Check your circle that you run in because it's usually someone who, is, who you know, is very close in your belief system and who you can, you know, I know it sounds kind of funny, but to finish each other's sentences, who, someone who really understands you. And but that doesn't mean that they can't cause conflict. Sure. So it 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 just busts the whole the whole coming together of twin flames busts everything wide open and just lays it all bare, shows you all your crap, shows you all your emotions that you're hanging on to, shows you what you're not doing, shows you the lessons you should be learning, so that you can actually work on this stuff and evolve. Right. And grow, and then eventually you get to a point where you want to share that knowledge in some way. And depending upon how you evolve, like for my, myself, for example, when I was learning my lessons, it turned into a book. You know, someone else might be uh, more inclined to once they've learned, get to a point where they think they've learned and they want to share, they might do, um, you know, a YouTube channel. They might do another. You know, art. They might do uh, another form of writing. It it it's all in what. Obviously, it's also you know it's subjective. It's you know it's all in how that soul chooses to progress. But it's rooted with the twin flame. You know, meeting your twin flame because you can't help it. Right. I I see what you're saying. So you you also work with the Akashic records, and if you look at. Um, I'm just thinking about the last four or five lifetimes from a, an Akashic point mm-hmm. of view, because uh, mm-hmm. so often um, generational uh, trauma or generational karmic imprinting, where um, th- there's a, a family history of um, domestic violence or alcoholism or whatever, um, it, it seems like the, the the twin flame 
agreement might be to come in and and finally heal, finally resolve some of the generational karmic inertia, if you will. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the reasons why we touch on, you know, for example, past lives in the book is because you can learn so much information in the Akashic Records, not only about, you know, obviously your twin flame, but also yourself. And you can revisit certain situations where, you know, maybe it's relative to what you're going through now and understand why that trauma still exists and help to remove it, help to heal it, because that's, that's evolving the soul as well. Because, you know, the soul doesn't exist in just one time, in one place, in one dimension. It's multidimensional, and there's no beginning and no end. So there's always room for going back and learning and growing and evolving. And absolutely, I agree with that. Because that you carry, it's weird to think about it, but you carry that trauma within Throughout every incarnation, throughout every existence, your soul carries it. So why not take the opportunity to heal it? Sure, I like that. Well, you know the. Um, I think we we're talking before the show came on uh, uh, the role of the ego because, for me, mm-hmm. I I see egos, and when I say egos, I mean people, but but their ego mm-hmm. can get can get set off. By the slightest thing, egos can kind of galvanize or polarize ourselves related to pretty much any topic on the planet, and they go into this, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what to call it, um, polar opposite direction of what their soul might have wanted to happen. <laughs> it, it's yeah. just, uh, um, what I'm getting at is, uh, how do you see the the role of the ego, good or bad, because egos can resist what the twin flame intentions might be. How does the oh. how does the ego play in as far as um, the ability to derail the intention of two souls that have come to Earth as twin flames? Well. I have a lot of personal experience about this because I was very resistant. I was very in my ego in the beginning of this, um, especially with not wanting to believe and trying to disprove everything. And I think that the ego has both positive and negative connotations when it comes to the twin flame relationship. But I focus more on the positive because regardless of how much the ego wants to push and push and run away. Because that's where we get the two uh, roles of runner and chaser. Those are really just based on different aspects of the ego as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, you have one twin running and after and the other twin, I'm sorry, one twin running away and the other one running after trying to, you know, fix the relationship. And I think that regardless, the soul is going to win. I know it's not a battle of good versus evil, but I think that no matter what the ego throws at us, good, bad, and ugly, it has no choice but to surrender to the soul because the soul has 
the, the soul knows its match, knows its connection, and will not be swayed no matter what. And that's what I think. So when people um, are just adamant about trying to find their twin flame and trying to make the relationship work, it's being in their ego, yeah, but it's not a negative because they're, they're being soul-guided. They're being soul guided to draw them, draw their twin flame closer to them, because at least, regardless if their partner is, you know, aware of it or not, sometimes. But they're being led. Now it's time to come together. Now it's time to do this work together. Now we need to learn from each other. So that's what I think. And you know, sometimes you get into what I call the super ego, which is sort of like the more narcissistic kind of you know, Debbie Downer, you know, control person. And even then, I still have the same argument because no matter how much you resist, and believe me, I was the queen of resistance. I was the queen of this is not real. This is not real. I can't do this. And I know, I know with all in me that no matter what was thrown at me, at my twin, during this whole entire evolution that we've, that we've been on for almost 20 years now, we still came out the other side and the soul won. So that's what I think. So uh, people are welcome to argue with me, but I, I believe that because I lived it. <laughs> well, if we can't share our perspectives, why can't we share? I mean, really. Well, <laughs> well you know, the... Um, so I'm just thinking um, if if an ego resists the intention of that both souls of a twin flame relationship intended for a life path, how do we mm-hmm. how do we accelerate it? Okay. What I'm getting at is from an from our ego's perspective, this this ego of mine, so to speak. How can I? Uh, tune in or or dial in to what the lesson or lessons were intended by me and my twin flame for this lifetime. How can I get my ego more on board, more in step, more in tune with what these life lessons are? Um, well, the key is to teach it. I know sometimes that sounds funny when we're talking about the ego. Oh. No, but I like it. we have to teach it because, and we have to show it its place within the 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 path that is being tread. So, for example, you can't, you know, move forward. It's like you can't move forward if you have a you know a cart and you need a horse. You can't move forward without both. So I think like, I know that's terrible, but I've just been watching a show with horses and carriages and stuff like that, so it's stuck <laughs> in my head. But, you know, <laughs> I love Bridgerton. So anyway, um, so, you know, you can't go forward without both. So the key to helping the ego is to educate it, show it where its place is. So how how I have helped others in the past is by helping them to, for example, um, access their own Akashic record or showing them that they have the power to, to prove this to themselves through numbers, 
honestly, just by adding numbers together in, in numerology, you can actually mathematically prove the twin flame relationship, well, you know, to someone who whose ego might be more of, well, I don't understand that, especially good for someone who is very analytical, like myself. Um, and Or for, you know, another example, show the ego that, wait a minute, my astrological chart and their astrological chart is really, really on point. What does that mean and how do I use that? So by, by giving the soul a purpose, uh, not the soul, sorry, the ego, the, a purpose and the education, it brings it in. Even for the most stubborn, most staunch, even in th- those in their quote-unquote superego, as I call it, because you're giving them what they crave. The ego craves to be a part of it, to be a part of it, to be the center of it sometimes, part of what's going on. So if you give them the tools to educate themselves, then it's easier to bring them on board. I'm talking about the ego as a separate person because sometimes it kind of feels that way. But... (laughs) Right, sure. You know, <laughs> you know, but that's how you do it. You bring them on board. You kind of say, you know what? It's sort of, kind of like when, you know, you have a child who is kind of a little bit unruly, and you're, and you want to shop. What do you do? My mother, my mother used to do this. Okay, you know what? I need you to go over and get me the butter. Do you know where the butter is? Yep, I sure do. Those were different times. I could actually go leave my mother in the store and go get the butter. But, you know, she she gave me a role, something to do so I would not be unruly in the store. And I I feel that that is the key to bringing the ego, no matter what form it's in, on board. Right. Well, now I, I have your book in my hands, and I'm looking at the table of contents, and... Um, there's chapter topics of numerology and astrology and metaphysics and Akashic records. Well, chapter eight is divination. Can you, uh, that's a term that's not as uh, commonly used in metaphysical circles. Can you uh, explain to us what that means? It's it's called an old less. Come on now. (laughs) Um, I learned this term very early on. Divination to me uh, are things like using a spirit board and a pendulum or spirit art or, or things like getting or... signs from spirits or dowsing. Exactly. I know it's called or... something different now, but I choose or... to stick with the original word because it makes sense to me because you're divining information using these methods. And I, I list quite a few of them in the book. Um, I even talk about mediumship and, and, and utilizing a medium to assist people in their path. If they're, if they, it doesn't matter if their twin is here or on the other side. Medium can actually assist with that. Um, and, but one of my favorites, and I think I talk about it in the book, I'm pretty sure I do, are signs. You can actually ask for a specific sign from your twin flame, no matter if they're here or if they're on the other side. Sure. And receive it. <laughs> and I actually talk about that at great length. But I, I kind of put all of that under the umbrella of divination because that's how I learned it. And even the word divination to me means to divine, you know, divine 
stuff to receive information. So that's why I use that term. But, it, you know, I, I think kind of a lot of the things kind of fall under that category because we divine a lot of informa- information from our divine source, universe, God, higher intelligence, however you describe it. We divine a lot of information from that vibration and from that energy. So um, that's why I call it that. <laughs> well, nice. Well, now, um, the the topic of the book, Find Your Twin Flame, the title, rather, um, I, the, the, what I like about the book is you really take a, a broad uh, swath of approaches um, like the chapter titles, numerology, astrology, ex- uh, uh, Akashic records. What, what kind of an audience were you uh, targeting this book for? I'm... I was targeting my my initial target was to write it to myself be, as the person I was before I learned all of this stuff. Before I even as I call it, woke up to my spiritual path. So, because I was clueless. I didn't, I, I, I had only ever seen mediums on, you know, TV talk shows during the day, uh, back in the day. So I didn't have a clue what it actually meant. Um, I didn't know Twin Flame. I, didn't, I, didn't, I knew nothing about right. anything in that book. So that was my goal, to write it to myself to explain to my previous self, you know, almost 20 year ago self, that this is what it is. This is what you're going to be learning about. This is how you're going to do it. This is what this means on a very simple as I possibly could level because I kind of felt like I was, I remember that feeling of being lost and and not understanding and not knowing. And I remember also meeting other people um, on my path who were just equally as lost and, and learning together. And and that joy of, oh, my God, I just learned how to meditate. I did it for five whole seconds. I'm so excited, you know, like just <laughs> right. having that, you know, that moment of, of joy. And, you know, I've met a lot of people along my path who sadly are just as cool as currently as I was previously. So I, I love sharing as much information as I possibly can. But that was honestly my goal, is to share that information to myself before I started this path and to clue myself in. So that's kind of why I did it the way I did it. Well, very nice. I can um, I can see how you really address that very well with the the chapter topics and the um the, the the diversity of approaches so to speak you know the akashic records mm-hmm. and astrology and whatnot so bravo way to way to put a lot of content in a book um i like that thank well, you now, i appreciate that so much yeah it's well writing a book i mean when i wrote my first book <laughs> I, it can uh, it can really jack you around, especially if you didn't see yourself as an author. Um, now we were talking before the show came on, and you had wrote some uh, some fiction books. Is that right? Before this book, I I did. Yeah, my first novel was 
uh, published in 2004 and I was a fiction writer or and a poet before I started on this spiritual journey because I had a fiction book I had short story and poetry book uh, two of them actually and, um, and then another just really super short story book that was actually based actually is a true story um, but I, I was mostly a fiction writer and I actually tried to write this book several times as a fiction story and it did not go well. I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 drafts of this book in different forms, in different genres. So, um, and finally it was just, Chico said, you know what, just write it true. Just write it true. And that just kind of was my uh, mantra through the whole thing. So, but no, I totally understand it. It can talk about a roller coaster with this one. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) Well, I know a lot of people will, especially their perhaps their first book. Um, it, it's funny because you think, well, you know what? I'm going to write a book, and here's a topic, and I'm going to write about the topic. And then I would say, you go out into the vast desert of of <laughs> of uh, reprogramming, if you will, and and it a lot of times it turns out the the book writes you in that when you sit down to write the book, you think that it's, um, before you get started, that it's just going to be this boom, 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 and, and, and you see the whole picture in your mind, and then, you like you say, 50 iterations, you, you go to write it, and it just doesn't work, and it's like the, the, the book won't let you write it until you get in, in uh in step with what it wants to be, so to speak, where, you know what I'm saying? I I got you 100%. You cease to become the author, per se, and become more the observer (laughs) (laughs) as the book writes itself. I get you 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Or or I would say the book writes you because you didn't know where it was going to go, and it drags you through the weeds and dunks you in the river and, you know, trying to bring your your mind around to what the book really should be about. I, I find that a curious thing. Well, uh, so tell us about um, how can the audience get your book and also... Uh, your platform, your modality. Do you do you work with clients? Do you work with them in person? Do you work with them online? Give us your website, how to get your books, the whole picture. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, my website is lesliesampson.com, and you can actually reach me through the website. It's going to be going through an update very soon, but you can still reach me there. Um, I the best place to get the book is on Amazon. You can get it on both paperback and on Kindle, um, and you will find the links um, to that on my website. But you can also just search either my name or the book's name on Amazon. Um, I mean, it's available lots of places, but go to Amazon. <laughs> and I, as far as sessions, I do in-person sessions locally where I'm located in Tennessee. I have actually expanded my practice to do more online services, which are coming uh, first part of April. And I'm really excited to offer that. We're going to include lots of different kinds of sessions, including um, 
I'm bringing back twin flame sessions and um, we're doing mediumship sessions and uh, spiritual coaching sessions as well and maybe some Akashic records thrown in as well. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and that will, of course, be all available on my uh, website. It's also on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, my handle on there is um, Leslie Sampson 333. Uh, so you can definitely... Uh, reach out on any form and I'm very quick to respond and I respond personally I don't let anybody do it for me so (laughs) I had somebody ask me that one time is that really you (laughs) yes it's really me Um, but I'm excited to bring more forward Uh, people are very very interested in the book and they're I've heard lots of wonderful reviews and wonderful stories about people who have actually utilized the steps in the book to further themselves on their on their journey, so I'm I'm very excited about that. Well, very nice. You know, a, an hour can go by pretty fast. Um, do you I have know, any, especially when I'm gabbing? <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? My whole intention is to empower. I want to empower people to not only trust themselves enough, but also to understand that you're connected to your twin flame. You just have to draw them closer. And even if they're on the other side, it's still possible, but you have to empower yourself. Don't let anybody do it for you. And that's really what I really want and hope and pray and intend uh, uh, to be one of the major points that people get. Uh, from my writing and from myself as well. Well, very nice. Um, Leslie, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've really enjoyed this episode. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We've been talking with Leslie Sampson, and the topic tonight has been Find Your Twin Flame, which is the title of her latest book. The subtitle is Understand and Connect to Your Soul's Other Half. You know, as I was talking about at the beginning of the show, the the idea of um, a soul's intention for incarnation. You know, I don't have to remind anybody about the last couple of years, 2020, 2021, has kind of taken normal, the collective normal, and did a... (laughs) um it it's a rototiller it 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 took what we thought was normal and and broke it all apart and at a very deep level for a lot of people those years were very tough and i and i don't want to discount um how tough it's been on people but you know we're it it's kind of like the phoenix metaphor because right now we don't have a new normal we don't we don't i mean 2019 everybody had a very uh predictable expectation if you will with how any one year would progress and from 2019 2018 2017 year to year it was um pretty much similar but now that we've gone through the cleanser the deep scrub so to speak 
for a lot of us, I think our life path, our life purpose is going to take a hard turn. Maybe it has already, but as far as um, what you're here to do might take a hard turn. For myself, when I look at the 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 mechanics of the past and there's so many ways that the, our collective consciousness was really broken seriously broken i mean for example a single currency we had we had one currency and we hung everything on it what kind of house you have what kind of car you drive what kind of vacations you take was all decided by how much money you have And then we took the value of that money. This is the insane asylum um, perception. We took the, the the value of the money and we would gamble. We would literally wager bets in the financial markets at the value of the dollar. Think about that just for a minute. We would gamble at where the value of the dollar would go. And, of course, in 2008, the whole flipping cart fell over. And in the 30s, the depressions, that's a massive failure of every, um, every household. Every, everybody felt the brunt of that. Karmically, these gigantic systems, a single Internet, a single currency, a single health care, whatever – these monolithic mindsets do not serve nature. It, it, uh, and, and the reason I point this out is you, you can have a new narrative that you've never related to before in your life. What do I mean by that? Say, say you've worked in the finance industry and, and now that, the collective consciousness is, has um, a broken up, so to speak, you can start getting downloads, if you will, from your soul about a whole new financial system that's much, much more instead of a pyramid where whatever happens at the top sways the entire pyramid, more of a honeycomb style where if if anything tips over, only that individual honeycomb cell is affected. Humanity wants, I'd suggest, the heart of humanity wants a, a more robust narrative, uh, uh, systems that serve us, more of a honeycomb system where any one point of failure doesn't tip the whole flipping cart over. And... We're the phoenix coming out of the ashes, and now's the time for that new narrative, that new paradigm, that new perception to be brought into physical form. How's that going to happen? By human beings tuning in to their own inspiration, the new narratives, the new paradigms, the new vision of what humanity can be going to be birthed from the inside of us out. And the, and the reason I'm talking about this is you can have a part in that. And your soul might have saw this coming before you were born, 
And so I'm just saying, if your soul is feeding you ideas or visions of your future that doesn't relate to anything in your past, that's okay. That's okay. Open your mind up. Open up your perception, your perspective, and create a space in your consciousness where these new ideas can land and anchor within your own persona. I know for myself, I never saw myself as a a spiritual podcast host or a published author or we're starting up um, spiritual classes online here soon. Me, a spiritual teacher? Ha! I never saw that coming, but here I am. So, so pay attention to your inspiration and don't get spooked if that inspiration is a is markedly different than anything you've done in your past. Don't let that don't let that rattle your cage. Just sit with it. Sit with it over time. Let it percolate a little bit in your psyche. And you'll start to see a a form come out of it that starts to make more and more sense. Maybe the first time you get the inspiration, you're like, what? Is that the chili dog I just ate? Um, So keep an open mind. This is a really exciting time to be alive. This is such, this is a phenomenal time for a soul to choose to incarnate on planet earth and here you are here you are at the end of the episode i want to applaud you for showing up for yourself way to be way to show up for yourself it's always a pleasure for me to spend time with you and bring you episodes that that support you in discovering more of your own power your own divinity I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.